What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for April the 23rd of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. Of course, as always, I do hope this one finds you well, and if you happen to be brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast hosted right here on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time, with the goal of keeping you up to date and informed on everything happening in the world of gaming today. And let me tell you right now it's a bit of a slow news day however there is a big Fortnite Avengers crossover coming for the release of Avengers Endgame of course hitting theaters this week and that is our headline story of the day on top of that we will talk about online connectivity requirements in Mortal Kombat 11 and what that means for your gameplay experience because although a lot of the game is accessible there are a couple of restrictions if you don't have a constant internet connection and on top of that I'll just kind of talk about Mortal Kombat because the game looks really good uh, Walmart Canada is embracing its new identity as a leaker of E3 news uh, with a rage to pre-order bonus Twitch has removed the joy of sex category much to the chagrin of soda poppin and a bloodborne board game hits Kickstarter this Tuesday which of course is today which is a very exciting piece of news because hey that sounds really neat but again if you are brand new to the program welcome on in I do hope you enjoy what I bring to the table with this show and if you don't want to watch live it's up on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams media and podcast services around the world including Spotify which is a big one for me however without further ado let's go ahead and dive into today's top stories Fortnite is teasing another Avengers crossover for Endgame and it looks like another Avengers event is on its way there aren't many things on the planet bigger than Fortnite and Marvel's Avengers, and it seems they are teaming up once again. It isn't clear based on the tweet exactly what this crossover might mean, but it would appear it will begin on Thursday, April the 25th. The tweet includes a Fortnite character skin, which looks like Bride Bomber holding on to Captain America's shield. Based on the image, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a simple return of Fortnite's Thanos mode from the Infinity War event. A Fortnite character carrying Captain America's shield could mean quite a few things. It could mean Marvel-themed cosmetics, though there's currently no cosmetic item that goes on characters arms it's also possible that we will be getting a new game mode this time featuring cap shield as a weapon or pickup of some kind either way it seems there really is another crossover event coming and we will likely get a few more teases before the event goes live but they are sure to be just as mysterious as this one and we will all have to wait until april the 25th the day before avengers endgame releases in theaters to know anything for sure and so i think this is going to be a very fun crossover event of course i love these events because they blend uh, you know big significant franchises together in a way that is just really you know fan friendly i love this kind of initiative of course a lot of money is exchanging hands make no mistake about it uh, these parties are definitely going to be sharing some of that big big fat bread you know whenever whenever it comes down to it uh, but still very fun and whenever people are criticizing this kind of thing which believe it or not on the internet there is criticism for everything I always present the idea of being a kid around this specific time you know, I grew up with like the uh, the old Spider-Man movies. I grew up with stuff like Call of Duty. And so uh, that was pretty much my bread and butter. I loved that kind of thing. And so to be a kid in today's day and age looking forward uh, to seeing Avengers Endgame, playing Fortnite as soon as I get home from school in the way that I played Call of Duty back in the day, uh, to see these two worlds blend together, that's phenomenal. There's nothing that beats that. I'm so excited for these people that love this kind of thing. Of course, this is not something that's just restricted to kids enjoying it. Of course, 
a large swath of people love uh, the Marvel movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in general superhero movies. Uh, but specifically, Avengers Endgame is on track to be just absolutely mind-boggling when it comes to how much money it's bringing in on top of how many people are actually going to be seeing it. I believe I read yesterday on Dateline, something like that, uh, where I believe the pre-orders were estimated to have crossed over $120 million, and they're estimating over $300 million uh, for this coming weekend, its opening weekend. That's crazy. Uh, and of course, this has been over a decade, roughly a decade, something like that in the making. So without any kind of shock, this is obviously happening. But still, very big week for entertainment, specifically the movie industry, uh, because man, Avengers Endgame is just massive. And of course, even more massive because now it's getting this Fortnite crossover event. Uh, so of course, if you do want to dive in and give it a look, looks like it's going live this Thursday, April the 25th, if you did want to check it out. However, of course, you can check out the um, Avengers Endgame this week if you did want to as well. Shockingly enough, I haven't seen a Marvel movie in theaters probably since around uh, Thor Dark World, something like that. Uh, I was in high school, probably a junior, maybe even a sophomore. I just, I, it didn't, it didn't bring me in. I haven't been part of the cinematic universe uh, in the same way that everybody right now is talking about Game of Thrones. I just have never really cared about the Marvel stuff. Uh, I love just watching the movie every now and again. I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm not a big movies guy. I'm a big games guy. This is why this is a gaming podcast instead of a movies podcast. Uh, but let's talk about Mortal Kombat 11 and what you can and you can't do in its online mode. Mortal Kombat 11 hits stores tomorrow, which is of course today now, but there are still a few lingering questions you may have about the game even after our own podcast, they say at Game Informer, hoping to answer some of them. One topic we touched on in that podcast was that the game would let you do offline. Designer Derek Kurtzik answered that question fairly well, but we wanted to give you a full rundown of what to expect if you plan to play the game without any kind of internet connection. Let's start with the obvious, you can't play against people online in any way or run AI character battles, which have you duking it out. With with other people's AI character teams. It's outside of that where things get a little bit more complicated. Mortal Kombat 11 relies heavily on pinging its online servers after almost everything you do, and many of its biggest modes rely on it to even work. Pretty much everything you do gives you one of four currencies, coins, soul fragments, hearts, or time crystals, and all of that info is mostly kept server-signed. More on that in just a bit. So when you play offline, your profile is reset to level zero, and you won't have access to any currency you've accrued previously as well as the daily challenges that can be useful for accruing currency. You can still look at your profile stats though, so that is nice. So essentially to summarize that, the currency system in the game is pretty much tied to your online connectivity, meaning most of what you do is pretty much tied to online. So if you do play offline, a lot of what you do will be reset. Now there are two major modes that rely on the different currencies and act as your main way of unlocking new character skins and gear. Towers of Time, pretty much Injustice 2's multiverse mode, involves rotating challenge towers in and out with the character skins and gear up for grabs, and the crypt are unavailable offline. When Towers of Time has to ping an online server to dole out rewards based on weekly challenges and constant summon new towers, that makes sense, but it's disappointing you can't explore a mostly offline mode like the crypt without being connected online. 
Now some single player modes fare better. You can play the entire story without many restrictions whatsoever because most of what you earn is pretty much banked in your system and then whenever you do connect to online servers it is then uploaded and of course that is applicable to the tutorial as well which gives you a lot of skins and in-game rewards you can play through classic towers and you can read that as arcade mode but you won't earn any rewards character endings you unlock through these towers do carry over though it's still a major bummer as this mode specifically shouldn't have to rely on servers to dole out rewards and so that's pretty much the entire gist of the article we could go on but uh, I did want to let you guys know that if you don't have a constant and consistent internet connection, you could be facing a couple of issues here and there with Mortal Kombat 11. And I wanted to bring this up because out of all of the games that shouldn't have any kind of problem with online connectivity, it's probably Mortal Kombat because there is no reason uh, to have to constantly ping servers. I suppose if you just wanted to ensure people's rewards were kept in the cloud, then maybe that would be a reason you could go ahead and do this. But really, uh, Mortal Kombat at its core is just something... Let's just pretend core has a K in front of it just, just for shits and grins. Uh, but uh, you, you shouldn't have to do this because it's so... You know, offline friendly at its foundation. Mortal Kombat was a game that you never had to have anything like this before, and so why should you have to have it now? Of course, this is not going to be an issue for many people playing games in today's day and age. Uh, I would understand if it was probably late PS2, early PS3 kind of era uh, where you were going to be upset about not having an internet connection, but more than likely, you probably will have something. Of course, there are many people out there that might not have a consistent internet connection. Uh, they might like to take their stuff on the road with them, and they might want to play Mortal Kombat 11 during a road trip this summer or something along those lines. And uh, you could definitely run into some issues in that regard, and that's very unfortunate and something that should definitely be handled. However, I did want to let you guys know uh, that online connectivity is a big part of Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, now, even with that one negative, there are still plenty of positives, but one is the in-game currency system, which does not dole out rewards that are pretty much equitable to what you have going into your game. So you could read that as, you spend a lot of time and don't give much back. Uh, and they are changing that. I didn't really pull up the article because it's pretty redundant, uh, but pretty much they are changing the endgame currency from the back end, and you'll notice that change very shortly. Now, again, if you do want to dive in, the game is out today on the PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC, and the Switch version itself doesn't look that bad. The textures are a little bit off, but hey, they hit that 60 FPS mark, and that's what we need, man, and that's what we need. But Walmart Canada has embraced memes with a leaked Rage 2 pre-order bonus for eager beavers. An often repeated tip for life is to own your mistakes, something Walmart Canada is taking quite literally as the retailer is offering the limited E3 2018 leaked Rage 2 sleeve as a pre-order bonus exclusive. Back in May of last year, Walmart Canada managed to spoil more things than Game of Thrones Twitter hashtags by accidentally listing a range of unannounced games, including Just Cause 4, Borderlands 3, and of course, Rage 2. Publisher Bethesda responded to the leak by res uh, excuse me, resurrecting the Rage 2 Twitter account to post the following Comic Sans comeback. It says, and I quote, incorrect key art, wrong font, not all caps, missing age rating, and then they gave it the uh, A marking right here for the anarchy. 
Months on from the episode, Walmart Canada and Bethesda are now making light of the situation with a special cover sleeve for those who pre-order the game on Xbox One or PS4. Buyers can receive the special copy for the price of $79.96, which includes other pre-order bonuses such as exclusive armor. Unfortunately, it looks like this only ships to Canada, so the rest of us will have to make friends with a Canadian or wait for a second-hand copy on eBay if you are, in fact, that desperate. Uh, but meanwhile, there has not been anything official regarding Forza Horizon 5, also leaked by Walmart Canada, although I could be probably, you know, pretty safe in saying that should be coming out at E3 time. Uh, but if you did want this funny little uh, piece of gaming culture, then by all means, you can check it out right now, available via Walmart Canada. And uh, very funny stuff here, of course. It's always good, as the article does say, to own your mistakes. I think that's something that everybody should take to heart in life. Uh, but truly, to see Walmart Canada just becoming a meme in the way that it has is something that I think is just phenomenal. It's, it's really just funny. Uh, so again, I thought that was a pretty cool story to include in today's show, just because, hey... Sometimes things happen and things slip out during the uh, the Walmart Canada leaks, and that's pretty much where we are today. However, one thing that has slipped out is the joy of sex from Twitch's directory, because Twitch has removed it uh, completely from the site itself. Twitch's rules largely state that sexual content is not allowed, with some educational, scientific, artistic, newsworthy, or academic exceptions aside. And yet, for years, the platform has had its own category called the Joy of Sex. Now it's gone, and one popular streamer and his fans are mourning. The Joy of Sex category's existence is ironic given Twitch's fraught relationship with moderation of nudity and supposed booby streamers. However, the platform creates categories for all but the most obscure games so that streamers can mark down what they are playing, and back in 1993, there was a game for the ill-fated Philip CD called The Joy of Sex. So that's how the Twitch category came to be. The back of the game's case describes it as a wise, entertaining, uninhibited guide to lovemaking containing a sparkling combination of video, illustrations, commentary, and music made easily and instantly accessible, which I guess means it's technically educational. Despite the fact that hardly anybody actually played The Joy of Sex on Twitch, a handful of streamers still use the category for laughs or to test out their streams. The biggest streamer among these easily was Chance, Sodapop, and Morris, who had nearly 2.5 million followers. Over the weekend, he was heartbroken to discover that Twitch recently zapped The Joy of Sex category out of existence. And of course, there is a giant quote of Sodapop and being Sodapop, and if you did want to check that out, uh, where essentially he just gets really, really upset in a funny way. Sodapop and used Joy of sex as a stand-in category when the indie games he was playing on stream had not been scanned by Twitch's not-quite-all-seeing eye. According to third-party site Twitch Tracker, he had been regularly using the category since 2017 and had streamed a total of 122 hours in it. During a July 2018 stream, he pulled nearly 50,000 concurrent viewers into his web of sex-free joy of sex streams. Now the category is gone and he's not the only one in mourning. Some fans too have expressed surprise and sadness that the longtime oddity is finally gone. The author however fears that their impassioned pleas will fall on deaf ears how will people learn to have sex now twitch where will they go where will they go uh, but no i wanted to include this because number one big fan of soda poppin a uh, hilarious dude love his just brand of humor his his personality and uh, his transparency whenever he's streaming uh, but without a doubt the joy of sex thing was just so funny because you go online and there are some streamers that take everything so incredibly seriously uh, and 
do much, you know, uh, to, to, to a high regard, they do it well, you know. Whenever you take things seriously and you treat streaming like a business, then you can definitely uh, garner in a specific type of viewership that is very business-oriented, is there for the show, so to speak. And then you have the more casual approach. Then you have the more, I'm just streaming to stream and whatever happens, happens kind of approach. And that's pretty much where Soda Poppin' comes from. Of course, hugely successful, again, pulling 50,000 concurrents on a stream that features Joy of Sex, which is essentially nothing. Uh, but uh, to see this gone, I think, is definitely the end of an era, uh, so to speak, for Soda Poppin'. Of course, this is all just trivial stuff anyways. But uh, if you were curious as to what happened with your favorite category and what happened with Soda, that's what happened. However, to round out today's show... A Bloodborne board game hits Kickstarter today, if you did want to check it out today, being April the 23rd. Tabletop game maker Simon, or Cool Mini or Not. I can't believe I just said Simon, so uh, we're just going to go with that. Uh, we'll launch a Kickstarter campaign for a new Bloodborne experience. This tile-based board game is Simon's second venture with Bloodborne. The first was a tactical card game designed for 3-5 to five players. Following the card game's successful launch, Simon released an expansion called The Hunter's Nightmare. The trailer below walks you through a key beat of the board game, showing how players explore the city of Yarnum cooperatively, revealing a tile with each turn. Missions are tied to specific tiles and uh, as are monsters which are summoned. The game appears to come with a number of plastic miniatures for the hunter and various critters to battle. If funded, Bloodborne the board game will join Dark Souls the board game, which was created by Steamforged Games, a studio that is again tapping the video game space for a Devil May Cry 5 board game. And again, if you did want to check it out, the Kickstarter page is up now. If you, if you were a fan of board games and you're a fan of, of course, Bloodborne, then this is going to be right up your alley. And interestingly enough, I think the tile approach probably works with this. Uh, of course, Bloodborne, a very rich, lore-filled experience that I think would definitely uh, fit within the realm of board games. So again, if you are a fan of this, this could be great uh, for a community game night. If you have friends that uh, meet up at some kind of game shop, if you have friends over to your house, uh, this could be a very good time. I think it's very cool how the board game community has begun to thrive over the course of the past couple of years. Of course, it's always been around, uh, but I think specifically with kudos to Twitch and with regard to YouTube and stuff like that, uh, stuff like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like, you know, any kind of board game really has begun to take off and has begun to see a resurgence into the mainstream that I don't necessarily think was there before. And the same could be said for card games with stuff like Hearthstone coming onto the scene and of course, digital versions of Magic the Gathering becoming relatively popular along with stuff like Slay the Spire kind of, um, you know, expanding the realm of card games. And then you have stuff like Witcher's Gwent, a lot of, a lot of games coming out uh, with that kind of skew to them. However, again, if this sounds like something you might be interested in, a Bloodborne board game is right now available to support via Kickstarter. Uh, a very useful platform for those that want to see strange new ideas be brought into existence. Uh, however, that does round out today's episode of Caffeinate. Of course, if you enjoyed it, uh, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. And of course, if you are brand new, subscribe because the show is hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time over on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. But you can always catch it right here on YouTube if you did want to do that. Uh, however, until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of the day. I will talk to you soon and peace.